Who's doing the intro? Guess who? Am I the one? Declan? I think you've been <laughs> Oh, he thinks so. Alright, sorry. You get voluntold right. to do the intro. Oh god, yeah, it's, it, it, this has turned... It's been like this every week for the past, like, several episodes now. Yeah, man, last time anyway, hello, welcome it. back to the Wood Division podcast. I'm here with Chibbon, Necro, <laughs> and Rowan, who is also known as Riot Latent. Yep. There you go. There's the intro. Nice, nice, quick, short. Uh, Riot Latency or Rowan has worked on lots of different game modes, uh, including what our background is, which is the Star Guardian mode. A long yeah. time ago now. Yeah, it has been. Currently, he works on Riot Forge, and creative director out some of Riot really Forge. good games. Yeah. Big title. Yeah, it's been a fan fancy title. No, we. We are doing Riot Forge now, but it's it, the background's taken me back. It's been a long time since I've I've chatted about all the game modes we used to do on League. So uh, when do you come back to Riot like regular Riot and make another? <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, good question. What do, you mean, what do you mean regular Riot? It's all still Riot. It's all it's all still the same. Mm. I haven't disappeared into the ether. I'm still here. I'm just doing Riot Forge now. So we're doing bigger games with storytelling that I couldn't do when I was on League of Legends. So you know, the the kind of things we could do with game modes uh, I couldn't do. Oh, sorry, the kind of things we do on Forge I couldn't do. You know, on League of Legends. So. Uh, went and founded Riot Forge, and now we're able to do cool stuff there. But I still like chatting about all the old game modes that we used to make. And I, I still mean, play Aram, like, I don't know, daily, possibly, or like, most most weeks. Like, how big of a swap that is, though, like, from one team to another? Or, like, because at Riot Forge, you're, like, half and half, I assume, where you're, like... I don't even know if you are like directly helping with like making the games or if you are like the big brain that's like planning what will be made and how it will be released, stuff like that. I don't I don't really or I don't think many people know like how Riot Forge actually operates. Yeah, I mean we're super collaborative with our studios. Ultimately our studios are doing, you know, the dev and they are, you know, the creative uh, you know, brilliance that gets the, the games done. But we are collaborating very heavily with them on IP and craft and you know other stuff. And obviously you know, on Forge, we can hold the big picture in our head of, you know, like all of the games together as opposed to just, uh, you know, one game at a time. Um, so, yeah, it is a little different from when we were doing game modes where I only had to think about one mode at a time because we were making, you know, one particular mode and I could just put all of my energy into that. Hmm. I, mean, I mean, speaking of which, <laughs> I think we should directly kind of transition into this maybe or do you have anything to add Jibin? it's like like uh, i'm just gonna jump on what you just said with oh yeah now i can work on like bigger stuff and everything why not just work on pve game or just like the good old time <laughs> i was so... gonna transition into that <laughs> i think i don't know i mean there were some pros and cons to like the the pve style modes that like my team specifically worked on back in the day um uh, and then, yeah, I mean, there's a limit to the kind of stuff that we can do inside another game like League of Legends, right? Like, we're still, you know, mostly going to have the camera angle, like that 65-degree isometric camera angle. We're still going to be using the models and the characters and stuff inside League. You know, there's a, a limit to what we can make. So, you know, I wanted to do more storytelling and more narrative and, like, bigger scope games. And obviously, if we just, you know, do cool stuff on PlayStation and on Steam, we can do way bigger things and kind of 
make the games that a lot of players have been asking for for years that we can't do inside League. So I think, you know, it's it's opportunity cost, right? Like, you know, okay, we could have stayed on League and kept doing that, but then we wouldn't have been able to do Forge possibly and all of the stuff they're doing. So it's always, you know, trade-offs. Is it, is it true that like the PVE at in league was always like a passion project of somebody of somebody so that like you know there somebody. was a guy who like pitched the idea <laughs> and then like people got on it but when that guy then leaves like Riot Mort for example is it true that like someone else has to be there to like pick up the mantle of like PVE so otherwise it's not getting made so PVE like the definition of PVE I think is a little broader than people think of as well because when you say PVE I think most people think of uh, Odyssey and the predecessor Star Guardian Onslaught yes. which are like the two big PVE modes but actually when I was always thinking about PVE on modes uh, Doombots is where I would start with yeah. for when we were yeah. doing PVE because there's and I want to kind of like break this down the interesting design challenge for PvE within a mobile or a game like League of Legends is that the characters that you have in all of our champions those kits and gameplay are designed to be really compelling in a PvP environment against human opponents hmm. those kits you know they're like master crafted really cool fun in lane or in team fights on Baron they don't work really well as they are you know, trying to fight like a Warcraft boss or a Diablo boss or something. Like you can't just take the kit of Jinx or, you know, Echo and just have it work against like a, a Diablo boss. So there was kind of like two avenues that we saw when we first started thinking about PvE. This is in back in like, what is this? Is 2014? Mm, uh, yeah, possibly. Yeah. yeah. So one option is uh, try and design uh, compelling content which is fun for the kits as they are. And then the other option is change the kits to make them fun and compelling against Diablo bosses or Warcraft bosses, or, you know, that those other like kinds of examples. I keep using like Diablo as an example, but it's, you know, PVE content. So the pros of the first one is uh, if you don't change the kits, that's kind of helpful for onboarding, right? Because I don't have to learn anything new. You already know how Nidalee works. You don't have to relearn how Nidalee works. You can just play Nidalee and have fun against content that's fun. Um, the pros for the second option is you get to like break the game and go above and beyond the kits, which is what Odyssey did like a great job of doing. So those first uh, modes we did with Doombots one of the advantages of it being against like you know the nightmare ai bots is that those bots behave like human players in a way and so we kind of got that for free so we didn't have to change the kits for it to be fun we could you know level up the bots and challenge the bots and, and have the player you know find new puzzles to solve but the kit still worked against ai enemies because they mostly behaved like pvp human opponents mm -hmm. So I think that's what I think about like the genesis of the PvE stuff we were experimenting with. It's the original Doombots was the the first time we sort of dipped our toes into it a bit. Um, funny thing is like you guys also never uh, used Doombots again until the Teemo event. I mean the the, yeah, yeah. Like the Teemo version and then that was it. Like that was like we haven't seen as far as I remember. Uh, Doombots or any other iteration of it, even during like uh, Halloween or whatever, like seasonal right. event that could have been thrown out. But like, yeah, it's like we never seen that again. It, like, it, it was still like extremely cool to, um, if I remember right, uh, have 
uh, Annie with a huge tibbers or Lux yeah, yeah. shooting like eight uh, ults around her and stuff like that. It was really, really cool. But like, yeah, Riot never really... I, 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 I don't know why. So Yeah, last I mean, scene, 2016. Yeah, oh, God. I can't speak to like modern League of Legends as to why they choose to or not to, you know, use stuff like that. I'm sure there's lots of, you know, there'll be different versions of goals or different, you know, tech debt and stuff. I can speak to at least the difference for us when we did it of just two years between 2014 and 2016. So 2014, we did Doombots the first time. Uh, and then 2016, like you said, we did it the second time at the Teemo event. Even in just that two short years, there was actually quite a lot of uh, work we had to do to get it working again, because in that time, uh, lots of those champions had been updated. So they were, you know, they had gone through VGUs, the gameplay was slightly different, they were better. That meant that the AI we'd built in the background for the bots was old, right? It didn't work anymore because, you know, Rise behaves differently now or, or whatever the, the champion was. <laughs> so we had to, yeah, random, random selection Rise. <laughs> So the uh, with his 17th rework, yeah, with his 17th rework. Um, but the uh, that's not fair. It's only 16. Uh, the so even just in that short two years, we had to do a lot of work to get Doombots to work again for that year. And then you know we also changed the format where we you know cut the map in half and we turned it into more of like a horde defense where they would just stream at you constant uh, you know constantly and then you know at the end the teemo boss appears and you have to like beat the teemo boss um but that was like you know non-trivial to get that done i imagine there'd be similar complications uh you know for uh doing it again uh, nowadays and then i think the better question to ask is you know would it be a good idea to do it again i'm sure there's lots of types of players and audiences that are maybe enjoying other parts of league you know like tft or aram and then aren't as you know maybe it's been <clears> like actually, superseded yeah. by those at this point like the things that people enjoyed in that they scratching that itch elsewhere inside league of legends so i actually i it. i think this is what i wanted to ask you about because the from my point of view everyone knows that bbe has always been like what i always loved in league the most um and i almost think that even based on the feedback alone, uh, I think that Legends of Runeterra proved that the, the tides are shifting and people are a little bit tired of constantly playing against players. And I think that Path of Champions is a solid proof that people actually like playing against not humans. Because there are a lot of people... I, for example, uh, I, for example, is... I am one of those guys who have a bit of anxiety these days, just like playing against yeah. other, other players. And for, for me, for someone like me in League, there is technically nothing that I can do about that. And PvE was such an awesome thing for me because... And yeah, I think Path of Champions is a proof of this. Because Path of Champions is an insane success in Legends of Runeterra, which was built as a primarily PvP game. But now they are shifting more towards PvE because I guess there are more and more people like me who just, you know, We've been playing Fortnite, and we've been playing League, and we've been playing all of this PvP, but there is not really like an, quote-unquote, MMO-styled game, or, you know, like, just a big multiplayer game that is based on PvE. There are not many of these out there. That's why I think that Path of Champions is such a massive success. And that's why I believe that if uh, PvE was released in League now, it would be vastly different than when Odyssey was released before, because 
Back then, people were still riding the hype of PvP and they still really massively enjoyed ranked games in League. But now that League is shifting a little bit more towards casuals, I think that PV PvE would be vastly different if it released now. I mean, I won't, uh, I won't like comment on law. Like, I've I've never worked on law, so I'm not, you know, uh, sure what they've got planned. But I agree, the uh, uh, PVE mode was super fun, and I had a blast playing that uh, yeah. when it was there. The um, I wouldn't look at it as much as like PVP versus PVE. I'd encourage you to think about it as what's the fantasy that can be delivered by those different experiences. And something that I think PVE uh, disproportionately succeeds at is the broken power fantasy. Because when you're playing those PVE games, you can break the game. And oh, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of the fun, right? You get like a crazy combination of stuff. Like, you know, you play uh, uh, like a Slay the Spire or a Diablo or, you know, any of these like PVE games. And once your build like, you know, triggers or once your build like you know, catches fire, that's when it really feels fun. And you can't do that in PvP, obviously, because it's a human on the other side. So you want, like, you know, gameplay integrity and fairness. But I think that's part of the fun in PvE is that, like, being able to break the game and you kind of feel naughty like you're breaking the game, even though the game designer obviously, you know, anticipated everything <laughs> yeah. you were going to do and has planned for it. But the genius in it is, like, letting you feel like you're breaking the game. And that's kind of the fun, uh, at least for me. I, I'm, like, connected to that. This is also like maybe your input on this as a as a designer would help. Like when uh, when Odyssey was originally released, uh, the issue was that people played it. They they you know played like three games and then they were like, all right, I'm done with this. I had my fun. And I realized internally, I assume uh, the the developers thought like, ah, you know, maybe there's not an audience for this. It was really cool, but you know, it didn't last that long. I thought that maybe, I don't think it was a flop, but you know, the quote-unquote flop of the PvE game mode might have been in the design itself, because I realized if if Odyssey was released as a roguelike, where you were picking what augments you would get every time you played, instead of like setting the augments ahead of time, I think the replayability would be on a such such a different level that Odyssey would be way more popular that way because re replayability would be, you know, massive. So I almost think like if there are a lot of people who just don't care about PVE, and in my opinion, instead of being like, okay, the League community doesn't like PVE that much, instead. I think there is still room to improve PvE, and I definitely think there are ways you can actually, you know, make the PvP players interested in this. I don't know, it's just kind of like my my view that, you know, the, the success of PvE can definitely go up if you make the right design decisions, and I think you can still change the PvE genre so that it is more successful. I don't know if I'm... That, what I'm saying, does it make sense? What, I, what I'm hearing is Nakrit really <laughs> wants PvE inside League of Legends. I really, I really... That's what I'm hearing. Please, please... I mean, it's been four years. It has been four years since the last time, like, PvE has kind of rolled around. Uh, for me, though, what I really want to see back is something like Dark Star. The Dark oh, Star mode. Fun. That was Yeah, it was just... It was so fast. Like, I just want shorter things that I can just be like, oh yeah, I got enough time to just hop in, do a quick one. So, 
Dark Star was the first time we made a brand new map for one of our game modes. Um, and you can probably see the progression because internally, like within our team, we were uh, building a lot of art muscle on the team with some of our tools. Mm. And uh, I think before Dark Star, we did Blood Moon. Uh, and you might have remember, so we did the winter map for uh, Summer's Rift way back in the day. And that was like a first sort of, you know, like do you mean test. Hold on, do you mean like the semi-updated or do you mean the very first one with like the Olympics flags and stuff? The so the very very first one was a was a bit rougher. The one of the updated one was us, where we came through. You know, we put like the little poros everywhere, yeah, and yeah. they would like play little games and jump on each other and all that sort of stuff. And then we did Blood Moon to like challenge ourselves again. I'm like, okay, what if we can do a different theme instead of winter? What if we can do this like you know cool Blood Moon thematic? So that like stretched us again to you know update, change the map. Uh, it, you know, takes time and effort and energy of like devs to do, so it, it's not free. Uh, and then after that, we were like, we think we could maybe build another map, but we couldn't build one the size of Summoner's Rift because that's huge and it takes a lot of people a lot of time, obviously. But uh, we started, uh, you know, coalescing around the idea of like a, a um, like a smaller map. Uh, and there's a lot of advantages to like small circular maps like Darkstar because uh, you know it's easier to make. The performance is good against the skybox. We don't have to do as much geo. There's lots of like game development uh, value for a map that shape. Um, so that was like a good test to, to make a new map, and that was the first time ever we uh, made a new map. I think that was technically the first new map ever since Crystal Scar. Probably, I want to say. Butcher's Bridge. Yeah. Magma Chamber. Well, oh, Butcher's, Butcher's Bridge oh, yeah. Butcher's Bridge was a skin of Aram, though, so I guess that's, like, the underlying bones were there, and then, you okay. know, there, yeah, yeah. there was, like, a lot done on top. To be fair, it was a lot. Like, the team did, you know, an amazing job with all the stuff it's still on top the of best that. map. Like, no contest. Yeah, like, like, visually, visually, and it rarely like, gets used. Yeah, Should we love this one? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Uh, again, like I'm not sure in modern League of Legends, like what the you know complications or like you know tech debt on stuff like Butcher's Bridge is, but uh, I agree, Butcher's Bridge was uh, an amazing map. Um, some of the artists from the Butcher's Bridge, uh, like the people that made the map team, eventually came and joined our team, uh, making game modes for many years afterwards. And uh, extra trivia: one of the uh, lead artists from the Butcher's Bridge map. Uh, eventually went and joined a cool video game dev uh, down in Texas called Airship Syndicate. Oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> and, so, and so when we started brainstorming for Ruin King, uh, it was very easy to yeah. uh, discuss Bilgewater because <laughs> two of the devs down at uh, Airship Syndicate actually worked on the Butcher's Bridge map back in 2015 at Riot. So uh, I already knew them and it made it very easy to... to find Bilgewater. I think that's, you know, uh, not the only reason, but it's a, a little bit of why I think Butcher's Bridge, oh, sorry, Bilgewater looks so good in Ruin King, because <laughs> it's some of the same DNA. Oh my god, that explains, oh my, yeah, I, I can imagine. That was a rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> our, our indus, uh, the, the game industry is very small. <laughs> yeah, true. Is the takeaway. But... Oh, God damn it! I had a question and I forgot in the middle of all of this. Damn it! Oh, <laughs> we got no. we got here from Darkstar. Uh, oh yeah, no, yeah, no I, I know, I know, I know, I know. The uh, is it true that like Riot highly values like the look of Summoner's Rift? Like I've heard somewhere that 
uh, one of the reasons why you guys never like drastically changed Summoner's Rift or like, you know, why you never gave it skins like, you know, now Summoner's Rift look, looks like it is made in or it was it's in built over and you know suddenly everything is like built over is it true that riot values summoner's rift to look like the way it does because like when you go to twitch or when you go to youtube you can immediately recognize the map there is it like is it true that summoner's rift is like partially part of the marketing because it is so recognizable i mean or is I, that like I honest, yeah, made up i honestly don't know because i've actually never worked on summoner's rift in a funny way i've worked mm. on everything that isn't summoner's rift <laughs> so uh you know we did stuff with dominions mode we did stuff with aram we borrowed twisted Nexus tree line Nexus kill we did dark star like I've, I've done everything except summoner's rift over the years so <laughs> i i can't actually speak to to that although you know my my like player pov would be yeah it's probably handy for it to you know look pretty similar over the years and to be recognizable it's like you know it would be like changing a soccer pitch in a way right like it's kind of yeah. handy that a soccer pitch looks the same for the last two decades because you're like oh that's a soccer pitch but that that's the that's like a, a clarity issue technically you know like you want it's like the silhouette uh, argument with uh, a lot of champions like oh yeah if you like you know to you, you like you need to recognize that it's lee sin uh like at, at, at a first glance because of the pose because of the silhouette and everything but then it's like league of legends is so much more than just ranked and competitiveness I yeah. feel like the like what was like what Necro was talking about like like the, the skins for the fun. Yeah, it's it's like for example, uh, Heroes of the Storm. It had a lot of maps and a lot of different maps and a lot of different modes that were in rotation. Uh, like you couldn't, uh, you wouldn't know which map you would end upon. I think unless you were playing ranked, and I may be wrong about that because I never played ranked. But yeah. Um, so like that was part of the, of the fun, yeah. like yeah, th that was part of the fun. It's like oh, you're just picking your champion, you just don't know which skin sort of because like a lot of maps were like similar but like just different skin, but like you didn't know where you would end up, but you still knew what Heroes of the Storm was about. For Aram, I I I believe for for Aram that will work really well because Aram is not supposed to be taken seriously. I can see that, anyway. yeah. And like, if you yeah. if you queue into ARAM <gasps> and you don't know if it's Butcher's Bridge or, you know... The Piltover yes. Bridge for ARAM! <laughs> no! Okay, yeah, that's legitimately one of the things oh. that I was like, Oh my god, this would fit so well! Why is that not a thing? Oh my it would be... God. It would be interesting to try and, like, figure out how to get the angle for the, pers like, the vanishing point perspective on the bridge part, because, like, the part mm. of it that's iconic is, would be sticking up at the camera, so you need to like I don't know, tilt it or. But yeah, I could I could see that being possible. Oh, then you can see Zon in the back and shit. Ah, like oh, that would be actually cool. That, that oh. See, but you know, if you go to the lore, theoretically, just hire us. Right. theoretically, just, just hire you guys. <laughs> theoretically, the arcade. What have we got? Is we got modeling. We need texture artists. We need. <laughs> But yeah, I would actually, because you can either go with the arcane bridge, which is the one in above the water, and it's, that would be cool. It wouldn't be as cool as like the real, like like the canon in the canon universe, you know, bridge Zorn, where like, like looking down into Zorn Zorn. beneath it. That would be yeah, with, like, so badass. Like if it was the promenade, I guess, something like high up on the higher tiers of like Zorn 
like burgeoning so on Piltover, and then you look down into Entrasol, and like, you see down below. Seraphine eating ice cream like it is in the arch no. on the bridge. <laughs> uh, speaking that of would Seraphine, be cool, someone made a joke about Seraphine on Twitter the other day. I don't know what you're I, about. Okay, I have to say, I have to say, I still appreciate that Riot is kind of like embracing the meme around Seraphine. Mm. I love that. I'm not sure if the Seraphine mains appreciate it. Apparently but... not. Yeah, yeah. They don't like the jokes about her about their favorite champion for some reason. Hey, but Skarner is gonna get VG. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what jokes Skarner gets. <laughs> I'm not sure oh, that's. No. I'm not sure that's entirely unique to Seraphine though. Let's let's be fair. I think any mm. any champ with you know like a. But it's like, really... do you think Katarina players would be mad if you made like, oh, Katarina goes zoom and throws daggers and shit? That sounds now, like now you're volunteering because... to find out. Let's go, Jubin. <laughs> Jubin, that sounds like you're right volunteering now. to find out for us. <laughs> he likes to shake the bee's nest. Let's yeah. go. Go MS Paint. Let's... <laughs> Alright, do you want to go through different game modes then? So we can just... Talk I, about sorry, before we move off Darkstar, uh, mm -hmm. one other like trivia thing that I just remembered. So... Darkstar was actually the first and last mode that a, a game designer made for us after uh, they had already made a couple of champions and they've been working on champions and they, you know, uh, wanted to try uh, making a game mode as well. Uh, see if you can guess which two champions this game designer made before they came and made Darkstar. Think about how sort of unique and quirky Darkstar is <laughs> as a mode compared to the others and then try and guess which two champions. Also remember the time. This is what, 2017? See if you can guess which two champions they made. Was it, Mor was it Morello? Uh, Hold on. <laughs> I, I'm just like thinking like, it's, it's gonna be Thresh. Who's the other one? No. Thresh was Star. Well, no, Thresh was like, certainly was T. Was I thought I, I was gonna guess like Thresh and Jin, but... No, that's that's August and certainly T. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah, exactly. It's like... Um, so, the designer just finished making Aurelian Soul. Oh! And, and the champion they made before Aurelian Soul was Bard. Ooh. So we had, so we had the, oh. the Bard Aurelian Soul Designer came over and helped uh, make Darkstar. That is cool, though. Wish I invited Nikki Boy then. <laughs> he would have been... Yeah, he would have loved it. <laughs> oh, oh, man. But yeah, like, the... The jump from, like, Bard to Aurelian Soul to, like, Darkstar is huge. Like, yeah, in terms but, of... Oh, my God. But the oh, thing that I would... Well, see, the thing that I would say is that they all have really strong thematic design, which is a good, which I think Celestial is a strength of that shit. particular designer. It's like the gameplay that you're doing and the like buttons you're pressing, like the the whole feel of it, like sort of coalesces quite well. Uh, I think like Bard in particular, I, I think is really good at that. And Darkstar did a really good job too, because it wasn't just the moment to moment gameplay. It was the map and it was like, mm. you know, the, the trying to alley-oop people into the massive gravity well in the middle yep. of the map. It was so I simple, will, but so fun. I will, I really enjoyed Bunny Fufu's uh, challenge videos where he, what was he? He was trying to get like 50 in a row without dying. Uh, he'd like got a challenge from his stream to get like 50 people in a row into the, the Dark Star without dying. And it took him like, I, I'm guessing it took him hours to do it, but he eventually yeah. did it. It was pretty, it was oh, pretty funny. Oh, it's Rabbit Llama, I just found the designer. Yes. Yeah, it was Rabbit Llama. Oh, they, they only, oh, they only made those two champions. Oh, I was like, oh, that has to be a really creative person. I wonder who <laughs> else they made. Oh, they are super creative. <laughs> Oh man, 
But like, that's the thing as well. Like, I, uh, I wish I could ask you, like, like, I know you cannot answer the question because you're not uh, working on all of this, uh, like, right now, etc. But like, I really wish, it's pretty much the same for like every single game mode, but I really wish Riot could like give us an answer that isn't just like, oh yeah, we just pulled out the numbers and it just doesn't work anymore. Um, but like an answer on like, why not bringing those like just from time to time? Like even if it is a week or a weekend or like just like the rotate game modes that we had before like okay get like uh, game modes are not that popular compared to league at the same time league is marketed about summoners rift and ranked games and everything is about that if you play something else than that you're like a filthy casual just like tft players are like boomers nowadays um but it's like this, where it's is awesome. this going this, yeah, where is this going? <laughs> uh, no, but it's like... How I, hard was it really to make these? Yeah, how hard it is to like make them and also to bring them back. I mean, yeah, I, I can't speak to Modern League. Uh, I can speak to back when we were doing, uh, you know, rotating game modes uh, until I left. Uh, I left League at the start of 2018 to go and begin founding Riot Forge. So I don't know anything from sort of 2018 onwards but uh i think the short answer is it is surprisingly difficult compared to what people might think because game dev is is difficult there's lots of you know tech debt there's lots of upkeep uh and then there's also the consideration of like even if it just worked perfectly exactly as you imagine exactly in a time capsule from 2015 or whatever would that be the right thing to do I mean, a thing that I often got asked for a mode was Season 1 League. Uh, that I would often get asked <laughs> about, like, we, you guys should do a mode, and it's like Season 1 League of Legends, and it's like exactly like a time capsule of Season 1 League. And I think, well, first of all, that's, like, impossible. Yeah, that doesn't, it doesn't exist. But even if you could do that, would that be fun? I mean, Because <laughs> Season 1 League was really rough. Like, there's some crazy stuff there. Like, TF's ulti used to just be his W, I think. Yeah. And, yep. and, yeah. and his gold card was an AoE stun. It wasn't <laughs> one person. It was like gold and red card together, basically. Like, there was some pretty crazy stuff back then. So I think a lot of players might not consider, like, there's a reason the game has evolved and grown, like, over the years is because it was making it more fun and, like, you know, iterating. Yeah, I think, I think Classic WoW is a proof of this because the exact same thing would happen because people figured out the meta in the modern days. Right. So just... so. Uh, season one league wouldn't be playing Morgana Singed Bottom. It would be yeah. playing Ash and I don't know, you know, proper proper support. Eric. Yeah, Man. yeah, exactly. It would be it would be you know modern AP meta when old game. <laughs> exactly. So yes. so when I yeah when I hear people ask for season one league, what I what I really hear is. I think I know secret information about a really broken OP thing, which no one else knows, and I would love to go and use that to pub stomp. What people don't realize <laughs> is everybody knows what you know. Yeah. They can just they can uh, just Google it, and you would go and play it, and literally everybody would be trying to play that TF or play yeah, that yeah, yeah. Ash or whatever the thing is, and it would just degenerate really quickly. I mean, I'm having flashbacks to release LeBlanc. Oh. Hey, I don't as, a Le, as a LeBlanc player, she was fine. <laughs> oh, you're LeBlanc. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. As a LeBlanc player, I see nothing wrong with this. I don't remember that. Answer. It was rough. It oh, wasn't like it wasn't like release Shin. It wasn't like Shin Combo, rough, but it was dead. rough. 
That's fire grasp. Oh no, I have flashback now. Yeah, fire just... grasp. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, that's that's fire grasp. Your ability combo. Whoever you were looking at just oh. instantly died. It seems fine. Counterplay. Yeah. And then there's the one I abused a lot was just armor shred uh, Jarvan. Oh, with hey, the, I like the play the Q. So, like, I think this is a good example of I know you we're talking about like regular league, but bringing it back to like the modes example, you know, even if the modes just work perfectly exactly as they are right now, are they the right thing for league today in 2022? And I don't know the answer yes. to that because <laughs> yes, I'm, yeah, okay, it's <laughs> I don't know the answer because I'm not. I don't work, you know, on League anymore, but I think there's like a lot to consider beyond just, you know, does it does it work technically? Because the answer is that they don't just work out of the box. That's not how video game development, you know, works. It, I mean, I still I still believe that every game eventually boils down to the casual play. Eventually, yes. tryhards will try. They will see their ceiling. You know, the ranked old. ranked will eventually just like go away, and the casual player base will be the core player base. And when mm -hmm. that moment happens, I just hope League is gonna be ready for that. And I think PVE is actually the answer. Mm. Once and again, I want PVE, please. Wouldn't <laughs> be the 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 case for like the current state of LOR though? It's like I mean, we don't have any stats, like none of us do. But like, could it be like a stretch to think that LOR is like like the the, the PVE there is working because? just people are not as like competitive as when the uh, game yeah, I think I think that's because people got heavily burnt in Hearthstone because Hearthstone was brutal mm. for like climbing and you actually paying to get cards to actually yeah. like grind ranked and stuff like that so I think people got burnt in Hearthstone and then Legends of Runeterra was, an, was a really awesome casual game to play instead it's of the that. Best. The best Heck video yeah. card game. I mean we know I believe then they didn't give us specific numbers but we know that the PvE, more more people are playing PvE in uh, Legends of Runeterra than all other game modes combined, which means normal PvP and ranked PvP. So yeah, mm -hmm. PvE is successful there. Yeah, but like just like a run side, I think it's more of a like a power fantasy of the like itself. Oh yeah, absolutely. Also like a change from like the things. regular gameplay. Like I think some people would like uh, alternate between regular like fun and then go to like PVE as a casual to just chill out. Yeah, I mean, once again, in my case, in my case, it is that I just, you know, I've been playing video games for a very long time and I've had my fair share of PVP as I've been grinding ranked <laughs> in League since season one. So, wow. you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just done and... That, you know, there is not really an alternative for me in League. Yeah. What he's trying to say is Riot Forge needs to up their release schedule. Oh yeah, that uh, as well. Or Project <laughs> F, please. Be or, fast. Oh, wasn't or, this? Yeah. Or we could take our time and make sure each game is banging when we release it. Yes, or absolutely. Or you could develop more games so then by the time one is released... <laughs> that's, that's, clearly that's the solution. Just, stop, just, yeah. just times everything by two. Just times everything by exactly. two. No, no, number, by ten. Hire by ten. more people. <laughs> hire <by> ten. <laughs> is that literally... Is that everything? Like number of chairs, number of straws in the drinks, number yeah. of like... Just times games, everything studios. by ten. <laughs> yeah. Easy. Easy. This is what I've been doing wrong. Yeah, it, it's what Tencent does. It just buys everyone. <laughs> okay, no. Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay, Riot got, you know, a portion back, all right, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, didn't... Oh, yeah, no, Riot invested they bought, in, in Fortiche. Didn't they buy someone? Hold on. Anyway. 
Anyway, game modes. Yeah, <laughs> game modes. That, that went to like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think any of us are financial advisors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> unless, there's yeah. I don't know, unless there's something I don't know about Chibin, and he's actually like no, hardly doing podcasts. No, I'm actually super you, bad. No, you don't give him money. You don't. Yeah, give him money. You don't well. give him money. He'll make a VTuber model with it. No, I secretly want to. No, I just want to say, hold on, didn't 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 Tencent just just buy someone? Yeah, they did. Yeah, what, recently what they, they bought another. Yeah, uh, they bought they a bought stake a... in uh, the Arcane Studio, didn't they? No. Yeah, that's oh. what in Fortnite, but like no, they also were. bought another studio. Yeah. yeah, and they bought something big, and I don't know what it was. What was it? Uh, God, Google that. Yeah, Google. Anyway, we can Google. talk about other game modes. Tencent bought, and what is it gonna be? Uh, oh like, yeah, the song of uh, Tequila Works. Oh, I don't think that's why. <laughs> the, the song of New New Devs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I, I knew it was yeah. something. Yes, I, I knew. It, I knew it was something league related. I just yeah, exactly. Exactly. I knew. I knew. Yeah. That's yeah, why yeah. I default to arcane. But like, yeah. Rowan said nothing. Like, Rowan, you, said you guys, you, yeah, guys Rowan, telling, you, you guys are telling the story. I'm, do, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing the best. To, this is my shocked face. I'm doing. Can you see? You see like, how, <laughs> how shocked I am. Oh, you guys man. are telling the story. So me. internal playtests have gone well. <laughs> <laughs> Investors are pleased. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, game modes. Uh, so. game modes. Uh, Let's talk about Ascension. Brawlers. Oh. No, Ascensions. Oh. Or, or do you want to talk Brawlers no, first? No, no, no. I mean, Ascension is fine. Let's just go. I think Ascension it. came before Black Market Brawlers. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Ascension, Ascension was... Ascension was the... Dominion, second. right? Mode we ever made well, that I did with the team, or was it the first? I can't remember if we did Doombots first or Ascension. I think Doombots came first, and then we did Ascension after that. Ascension for me was like the purest version of like TDM in a MOBA. Oh, yeah. Like, did you do you, do you guys ever play like TDM in Quake or like like Team Deathmatch with a yeah, stock yeah, counter yeah. or something like that? Like, a it long was, time ago. <laughs> yeah, right, a long time ago, but it was you know, we enjoyed it. So, Ascension was kind of meant to be that like team deathmatch like feeling in a MOBA yeah. where you could just brawl and practice brawling and you didn't have to worry about you know uh, lane you didn't have to worry about uh, last year creeps it was just and it was also fair because everyone got exactly the same amount of money yeah well I don't know that's uh, not exactly fair different champions yeah. power spike at different yeah, exactly. goals yeah, yeah, so yeah. You know, it's not exactly you know perfect <laughs> but it's a it's like the roughest facsimile of you know fairness uh for like a quick mode but uh yeah essential was just i know it was just fun for practicing team fights and then and obviously if like, you could yeah. deathmatch like, though ascended. is like one of the hardest to make too in mobile yeah so yeah, I like, feel like we played lots of other like iterations of Deathmatch and we landed on that like uh pentagon shape, like five point with a triangular like secondary objectives and then tertiary objective in the middle as just like balanced. It just mm -hmm. felt right. Uh, I remember that was the uh the first time we experimented with a challenge summoner icon. Do you remember the perfect ascension yes. icon? Probably, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I probably have it. I well. got that, that was that was an idea that we had like i don't know it was kind of close to the end of the thing and we had the idea of like what if we made a icon which actually most people wouldn't get and it was the first time we'd ever discussed something like that on league for you know like it was an actual like challenge achievement type thing 
and so we made it and I remember it was pretty controversial at the time because a lot of people were like understandably pretty mad that they didn't get it in time or you know they were like this it's too hard it's ridiculous it's but I think yeah it was very hard but eventually I got <laughs> it was but that's kind of like and that comes to the design of exclusivity is what generates the value on that right if oh, everybody absolutely. if everybody got it oh. it wouldn't be cool I'm gonna mold about Riven. I'm gonna mold. The, uh, yeah, the first thing that I ever molded about in League was actually Championship Riven. I got the original, and I was like, ah, this this feels good. And then, then came the second version. So like, there's different types of exclusive. There's like you know purchased exclusivity or timed exclusivity. We were trying to hit like skill exclusivity with that yeah, perfect yeah. ascension icon. It's like. Here is a thing that most people will have equal chance to get because, you know, the level barrier is low for that mode. You just go in and play. Uh, I think today it's still one of the summoner icons I see used on so many players' profiles because I guess it must have really hit hard. Like, a lot of people can describe to me the game. They got their perfect ascension icon, like, even <laughs> though it was buddy. Like, yeah. I, remember, I remember when I got it on live uh, and it was a Jax game and I was playing as Jax and I remember the game and it was like this flawless execution and we we got the icon and it just like felt really good I can't um, remember right? it because the game before I got it was one where we were about to get it and then we just lost it right oh. at the end kind of oh, thing. No. so we <laughs> I got sad. so mad that became the like game the meta as so well, well. That became the meta where people realized towards the end that, like, the other team was getting close to get it. So they started, like, worrying less about the play and they were just trying to block people from getting the well. icon. Like, it became a gatekeeping on the icon as well, like, as yeah. the meta evolved. When, if, 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 <laughs> if I was a designer, my, my argument would be that uh, you already have uh, ranked icons. So if someone was a you know, 100% collector of all icons, they wouldn't be getting the ranked icons anyway, so for them, the hit of not getting a, a, a Dominion icon wouldn't be that bad. That would, that would be my argument for actually having, like, a challenging icon to, to get. I mean, it wasn't a perfect design by any means, but it did show us that there was, like, some people really got attached to that icon and the like the experience that they remember of like getting it and completing the challenge and so we experimented again with it on things like star guardian with like with onslaught we did the icon for onslaught mode in star guardian i think it was if you get an s in onslaught was it we gave you a a, a like challenge icon for that i need to log into the game because i, I think i remember yeah, those, what onslaught those, is did it again for odyssey as well yeah um, odyssey yeah. odyssey had one for getting for completing the hardest difficulty yeah. I love that one. I love. Okay, so what I loved about that so much, so hard, uh, or so much, is that it, it was hard. But we actually got a team of four people on stream, and we were like, you know, carrying viewers through the hardest difficulty. And it kind of <laughs> there was there was a ma magical community moment, you know, about that where like people who kind of like enjoyed the content of, of, of Odyssey, if they came to our stream, we would help them accomplish what they needed. You know, I just I just love the community behind that. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I second game mode, like market brawlers. Okay. One that oh. actually never came back, like ever. It was used once for the build water map, and then that was yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean pros and cons of black market brawlers. In hindsight, 
I think splitting the focus of the mode probably wasn't the best idea because you couldn't be sure of what the main thing of the mode was. Was it the black marker items or was it the minions that you summoned in lane? Yeah, super in quickly for people don't know, who don't know. Uh, basically, as you, I believe, as you kill minions and stuff, you collected special currency, which you could then spend in the shop to upgrade Soul your lane, service. essentially. Yeah. So the yeah, idea was we wanted to give you this fantasy of being able to, like, customize the wave in your lane. That was, like, the goal. Was, like, we let you kind of handcraft the wave that you want from this selection of minions. Some of them are ranged, some of them are tanky, some of them are, like, you know, assassin-y. Uh, and so depending on what your champion is, you could, like you know, build minions which offset the weaknesses of your champion, or you just straight up build minions which, like, double down on the strengths of your champion. But the idea was that you could, like, craft this wave and it would evolve over the course of the game. That was, like, one half of the mode. And the other half was uh, we put all of these experimental black market items in the shop, which did interesting things similarly, like offset weaknesses of common builds or double down on strengths of common, like, champion archetypes. I mean, one example would be, like, uh, there was a... What was it called? Like the Dusk? It was like a Desert Blade or like a, a Mirror Desert Blade, which basically gave a small, like, move block blink to Eddie Carries, um, which I think now has probably come back as Gale Force in, like, I don't know, oh, or, yeah. or it might have been like the <laughs> genesis mean, of it. Yeah. I think yeah. many items from Black Market Brawlers, like, eventually became like the seeds or, you know, bubbled up into other stuff, except Trickster's Glass. That is an item that we would probably never do. Was it I, don't want to say, I don't want to say never, but ne never is a strong word, but what did Trickster's do? Glass, yeah. Was Trickster's Glass let you, you copy back? the appearance of one of oh. your allies. Oh yeah, it was Nico. <laughs> <laughs> right, but, yeah. but, there is a but there is a difference between doing that on an item and doing it on a champion. When mm. you do it on a champion, you can still enter a social contract. So when I'm in that loading screen, when I see Evelyn in a loading screen, we all understand what we're looking at. Okay, yeah. wards wards have a different value now. In this for this game, we see Evelyn. We all know what's up. When you're in a game and you see a Teemo on the loading screen, you're like, okay, there's going to be shrimps everywhere. We all know what's up. When you see Nico, you can prepare for that. Yeah, you're like, yeah. okay, in this game, there's a Nico. We can understand that. But if you put it on an item, it means now I can't trust what my eyes see at any point in time in any game and that's oh, not healthy <laughs> that's the best strategy yeah. that's not that's, that's, that's not actually insane i mean you can still check the scoreboard and look at other people's items and see where they go or not i mean that's that becomes an arms race for ux though because there's an argument to say like we well, should be able to do that because it invalidates the item okay so we cover that up so now there's the next step of like should you be able to or shouldn't you be able to and it just becomes like an arms race of hmm. really that's not something that should live on an item which any champ could buy. Yeah, yeah. It's a great thing to live inside a kit that only one champion can do, which is just, like her special thing. Yeah, yeah. Just like the vision changing era when it's like, oh, they have a Teemo. Guess we're going to have to wait for a cannon minion now. Ah. Back in my day, oh, you yeah, could click yeah. on the Shaco yeah. clone and see that it had no had an item to like solve that problem before, like <laughs> right. literally an 80 carry item, and be like, oh no, you have to wait for a cannon <laughs> and you don't get the inhibitor first because otherwise yeah. you'll or lose. Like, <laughs> way, way back was a Shaco clone that had the red buff and the other one didn't have the red buff. Like, oh, I, rem I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Like, All right, well, obviously it's the one that has the red buff. So oh, yeah. like, yeah, any like social, like social or visual deception gameplay in 
games like this gets really tricky because you know you need to catch all those edge cases otherwise you're invalidating the item you know the uh, skill like for the person using it but then also it gets like pretty sticky for counterplay and, and all that stuff so was your team the one that came up with all the items or did you get help from the league team uh, we actually collaborated with the uh, items team over on League of Legends. So Wait, our there's team... an items team? I was about to ask about what that. The well, fuck? I, I'm, I'm, I'm using like a, a loose name for the team. So I mean, it's, yeah. it's a system, they are the systems team, but you know, they owned lots of parts of uh, Summer's Rift back in the day, and they also happened to own the item system back in the day. I'm not sure what the team name is these days, but like that was, you know, loosely the, the team uh, back in 2015. So my team made uh, some of the items. But we also went and collaborated with um, lots of people over on that team because they had lots of, you know, item ideas on the cutting room floor where, like, maybe they were, like, cool, but they just didn't take it to the finish line or it's too OP for ranked or it was broken or, you know, whatever it was. So we were able to, like, collect a lot of those and bring them all together in black market brawlers and then put them in the shop so you could buy them. And then uh, ultimately, I think Dead Man's Plate was put yep. in permanently. Hmm. Because, yep. you know, if you remember yep. the story from Butcher's Bridge with Gangplank getting his arm blown off. So uh, it was Lost yep, Chapter like, as well. And Lost Staff Chapter Water. I think Lost Chapter and Stuff Flying Water happened years later though, didn't they? Uh they got Lost... reintroduced. Yeah. Do you yeah. just remember that or are you that prepared? I no, I pulled it I pulled it up on the wiki. I I, I remember okay. Dead Man's play. <laughs> Yeah. I, I could remember Dead Man. I, I thought a few <laughs> items did get through, but I just can't remember which ones. And th there was some that did make it through, but then got removed like a few patches later. I don't remember those ones. Uh, Martyr's Gambit. Oh, yeah. Like the. Because the, uh... Alawi's got a voice line for that, which no longer <laughs> triggers. Oh. <laughs> it was added. And then got removed. <laughs> like next patch. That's actually sad. Yeah, that it was a fun mode to make, but I think we probably would have done a better job of just picking one of those two systems to focus down on and helped it shine, rather than split focus on the items and the minions at the same time. Although those minions went on to become like enemies and stuff in Ruin King, like the razor fins and the little uh. The little crab cannons, the little oh, yeah, like, thunder crabs. Oh, yeah. But you didn't work on it, but yeah. Some of them actually yeah, I mean, went to Odyssey. I assume they borrowed the models and the uh, animation that we did because it was, uh, they were available, so. But yeah, it was actually like now that you, like, that now that you talk about it, it's actually a really cool nod to like the, the, the old Bridgewater era map. Because all of those models, like a lot, a, a lot of uh, uh, league players, never got to like see them. Pretty much. That is true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because in the end, like last time, Bilgewater was up. Oh wait, no, they actually bring Bilgewater, like I mean, the Butcher Bridge uh, map back, but like it was once for like a really short time. It was also because I don't a lot even of remember people... that. I think it, it could have been 2019. It is something like that. Uh, yeah, I think I remember, uh, like, in the before times, in 2019, like, yeah. or 18-ish, they brought it back 
for like one run yeah well like, yeah, yeah. other than that like a lot of like league players just never never got to see like any of those and, and like until the the, the, the ring king game mode yeah I mean, really the, cool. the, the, the crab crab cannons are identical in ring king i believe for example yeah, yeah. I think I remember going and digging up the old concept art from 2015 and working with the the team to be like, hey, this. We always joked uh, those plunder crabs. If you look closely, their their claws, their nippers, are uh, uh, tied up with like rope, but they have a cannon on their back. <laughs> and we're like, is it is that for safety? Like, did they tie up their claws for safe for safety? You did. You don't want anyone to get like you know nipped right by the crab, but they've yeah. got cannons on their back. But, exactly. You know, sure, just, we'll just make sure that they're like claws are tied up. It's just the ranged units. Like, why have ranged and melee attacks? Just have range. Just, just, just use the cannon. Yeah, but what if he wants to like pick up a cup of tea or something? He can't. It's just like, well, damn. <laughs> I think it's to prevent him from carrying a knife. Oh, okay. yeah, right. He's got a, <laughs> he's got a cannon. What, he doesn't need a knife. Yeah, but, but you he... know, a crab with a knife is so much more dangerous. He doesn't need a knife, but he does need caffeinated beverages in the morning. So he, <laughs> he can't pick up anything. Wait, what other things are we going to Also, like the razor fins, like the sort of wolf dog uh, yeah, water fish thingy? They were they were based on like a shark rat. A wolf the... rat even, wasn't it? Yeah, like a wolf yeah, rat. Yeah, a wolf the, rat. The like, uh, um, like fin on the back for the... the... Wolf rats was like based on a shark fin, so they were trying mm, to yeah. look like aquatic, but also they, yeah, were giant rats. Um, I think the last. Which is Bridge has a chibi version. Yes. Uh, the last thing I remember from like those mobs were the turtles, like big, big ass turtles. Yeah. It was oh, also yeah. the aqua. The aquapod was this like cute little uh, yeah. floating eyeball with a little periscope. Yeah. Oh, you're right. I always called it and, the minion. The yeah. minion. And that has reappeared somewhere, hasn't it? I Maybe don't I'm know. I remember the turtle guys, those. I I remember those. Because yeah, they used I mean, the same scuttle, scuttle mesh as uh, the blue buff. I remember that. That was a really cool reuse of those. Oh, not yep. a... Oh. We, were, we were scrappy. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh, true. Using, using what we could. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about those. It's the same Smash animation. Yeah, I I remember, I remember. I was a nerd back when I was 15 or whatever. Oh my god. Scrappy back in the day doing what we could. I mean, it, it just works. I mean, it's works. clever. Like, yeah, like you're so, reusing I mean, animation. Because you can't tell. So yeah. that's like a, a good example of like what you guys are touching on. You could look at some of the old modes we did where we, you know, the team was we were smaller back then and we were like building stuff out and then as we started to add more devs and we started to add more artists see the art quality of the modes go up over the years until eventually we built things like you know star guardian onslaught or the project map yeah. or the dark I mean, star yeah. map like you can clearly see the linear progression of art mm. quality over time as we've like star got better guardian and better. was so genius and i don't understand one one thing i legitimately do not i don't either this. god damn it why can't we understand this? Okay. <laughs> no but like <laughs> when when star guardian was released i remember tweeting you can probably find my old tweet about this when Star Guardian was released, the you cleverly reused the models for uh, there was Velcos, there was Kazix, and there was one more I think. I don't uh, know. The Shelly. 
There was Kog'Maw, yes. I don't think yeah, we used Yeah, we also Chogath. used Skarners, Cho'Gaths. Yes. We also used, uh, I think, um, the Rift Herald was yeah. the final yes. boss. Yep. And why Why has that never became a Chroma skill? I oh. love those models so, so much. I remember, we talk, awesome. I remember we talked about that back in the day, and... Uh, we talked with like the skins team about it, and the general feeling was that these honestly just weren't up to snuff to be even no. pro like we we they're not. I don't think we'd be comfortable asking for people to pay money for them. They were like our our team did them as things for our game mode, but I don't think they're of the quality bar that uh, you need to be to hit a chroma. But I think they would but, need extra work slap, to get there. Slap it for okay, hundred RP. Okay, you can actually Easy. tell me your opinion on this. What would be the general thought of the team, what would they think a, uh, about these being a reward from like the hardest challenge? What if you yeah. gave these chromas as a I, reward from getting... I mean, I don't it? think it's like, it's not just the purchase thing. It's the, like, you know, is that a thing you'd be proud to have representing yes. Cho'Gath or yeah, Cogmore in the game? Cool. Like, if yeah, someone looks at a screen... If someone looks at a screenshot or a video of League and they see this like pitch black with neon radioactive green outlines or something, like it's, it was cool for a game mode for enemies, but I, I don't think it hits the bar for a player controlled. I liked Rusted Blitzcrank. All right, I actually like that skin. No, notice we don't like... do any more Rusted Blitzcrank. <laughs> we have like weird chromas that were supposed to be skins like way in the past, like Goth Annie and all that stuff before they actually reworked the models. I mean, and, I would argue like... chroma skin for the original Garrett were... Oh yeah, true, yeah. Garrett, I think it was like four skins in a row that were just like recolors of this, or just like the sword that was changed. Right. But, I mean, yeah, remember like, like way... Remember, like, way, way back in the day when League first came out, skins were basically just promos. Promos. They yeah. like no, yeah, The yeah, original yeah. Nunu That's skins were, like, it's, like, red Nunu and green Nunu. <laughs> Brown but, Nunu. Yeah, yeah, but clearly that wasn't good enough because over the years, like, I think we've gotten way better at skins than just doing that. Uh, and, like, and so I don't has the think, price. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, like, doing, you know, this was acceptable in 2009. Doing I that again in 2022 would probably wouldn't fly. We paid five to ten bucks to just have a chroma back in the days. Yeah, I remember <laughs> in that. In the end, it's just even if you don't make people pay, even if it's like, oh yeah, okay, so you like beat the challenge, like the hardest challenge for Star Guardian, and then you have the the chromas unlockable using blue essence. Yeah, Ooh. I don't think it's I don't think it's a, a money problem. I think like ultimately the skins team decide what is good and good enough to be considered a skin in the game, and I trust their judgment on like, hey, this just isn't at the quality bar. And I remember back at the time, we agreed with them. We're like, yeah, these are I mean, these work as enemies in no. a game mode, but <laughs> I love I don't, them so much. But I, I don't mean, think they're at the quality bar for. For that to work in the first place, we would have to like get the game mode back one way or another, which is yeah, and then okay, yeah, yeah, okay, so. We we need to start a new campaign yeah. on social media. <laughs> Star Guardian. <laughs> no, Star Guardian and just I mean, you know, Gimbos, the Star Odyssey Guardian roster well. is much bigger now. Okay, we can play as many more Star Guardians now. Yeah, that's right. I remember when we did the Star Guardian mode. We that was the year we introduced like the five new. Like that was the team. It was the like Ari's team was taking over from Lux's team so it was like yeah. the changing of the guard Wait, that was the storyline yeah, back then was it the first I thought it was the second generation was it the first one no it was the second one because Lux, the second one, yeah, Star Guardian Jinx. Lux was first 
and then oh, wait, second no, generation was, was oh yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. it was Ari, the first team oh god yeah. my head. and then it was ari uh was like the leader and then it also had jinx mf lulu and poppy oh and the third was with nico zoe ezreal but like yeah, they yeah. never got a yeah, yeah the evil with the evil star guardians yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, I love those chromas. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, those I, models are so good. I think as a chroma, it's even if it's like, oh, but it doesn't hit the bars. Like some chromas are actually just a recolor, or like a color shift, or like or, or pink champagne. So at this oh, yeah, point, like just the joke around me, yeah. <laughs> like just uh, just bring back the like they, they already have the texture. Just like touch them up a tiny bit, and it's fine. Yeah, Nobody's like gonna complain about that. Sounds like you need to lobby the skins team on League. Yes. I mean, dude, they have yes. so much thing to ask them, like... Just, uh... Oh yeah, anyway. Chibin is the guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. Chibin is constantly work. begging for high-resolution textures. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it doesn't exist. Oh, wait, it does, but it doesn't. Oh, well, whatever. Um, I'll do it. Okay. Uh, Hexakill, you worked on this as well. Why? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Because it was fun. <laughs> Why exactly? It, uh, <laughs> Five wasn't we... enough. You had to bring one more there. <laughs> so, uh, this is trivia, which we put out, I think, like way back in the day. We talked about it. Um, I think League originally, originally was being considered as a six v six game, which is why under the hood it supported six people per team. And I think if you go back and look at some of the very early castings that Freak did... Yes, yes, I remember that. The I old, remember that. The old spectator was the caster would use the, slick, the sixth oh, yeah. slot, play and Teemo, stand to the base, and then pan the camera around to cast. Yeah. And that's how they did the casting. So we already had the support under the hood for 6v6. The first Hexakill the team did, I think, was on SR. And it was good, but going from, like five to six on sr really wasn't like that big of a deal because you're like you've gone from 10 to 12 players that's not like a huge delta so when we did it again we did it on uh just tree line yeah because going from six to 12 that's doubling the number of players on the map and that felt significantly different as opposed to sr where it's like oh that lane over there somewhere has one extra person in it that wasn't that exciting so we did it on twist tree line and you know, doubling the number of players in a small space, high impact, felt really good. Uh, and then we worked on the little, uh, like, uh, those little, like, altars. You would, like, pray at the altars, and they had some, like, buffs for your team and effects as well, just as, like, secondary tertiary objectives. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, that's, yeah. That's, oh, you always need, like, some layer of, like, secondary or tertiary objectives there yeah. for, like, it's, it's good escape out, like, escape valve for losing team. Uh... You need to be careful that it doesn't just become hard snowball for winning team, but there's ways around that. Mm. I mean, it's also when you have like uh, deathmatch styled uh, games, you have to force the players to engage somehow, because you know uh, otherwise you will have like campers and you will have people who will just run away from you. You know, so yeah. yeah. So I actually think that's one of the difficulties of something like a uh, a dominion or uh, like engine, especially. Yeah, like games. So Ascension doesn't struggle with this because it's not a capture and hold point. But games like I'll just use Dominion as an example. Uh, if you're in a team deathmatch with five control points, what do you do when one team has three points? 
because the correct play is to not play. If you've got three points, you shouldn't you shouldn't go for a fourth. You should stay and hold three. Yeah. That's just not fun. Like you're basically the correct play is to not play the game. Sit on this point and protect yeah. it, yeah. and split our team. Sorry, yeah. not Arathi Basin. Sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think Arathi Basin in anyway as well. It's like you know, and that's and that's like a design or like a, a problem that yeah, lots yeah. of different games have tried to solve. It. You know, Dominion, you know, tried to solve it as well. So. What do you do? Do you put like enticing tertiary objectives elsewhere to try and lure the winning team away from their points to go and get it? But if they're already winning, sometimes they're just snowballs, so you've just given them more power. Like, great, now they just went and got even stronger because they're already winning. So it's, yeah, yeah it's right. The first mistake was to launch the game in the first place. Wow. <laughs> wow. <okay. laughs> wow. See, I was gonna say, you wouldn't have these problems if it was a PvE. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is a true statement. That is true. You would also not have the same mode at all. It would be completely different. <laughs> I mean, okay. if it was Doombots on, like, but with the Dominion, uh, like, control point thing, it could have been fun. The AI would be difficult. To pull off yeah. yeah, but it's not about difficulty; it's about fun. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's correct. He is, he is correct. Yeah. It's not his problem to figure yeah, out how to exactly. program that. That's our, that's our problem. <laughs> the question is: Is it okay? Fun? I'm gonna use that to get PVE now. <laughs> the question is: Is it fun? Yeah, yeah. It's like you can spend as much time as you want to like develop the thing. I mean, as much time? No, not really. But you get my point. But like the, the the end goal of it is still is it actually fun to play or not? Like is it enjoyable? Like do people want to play that? And it's and that's the thing that I miss the most. And well, I mean we we still need to go like through the entire list of of uh, of game mode stuff. But like that's the yeah, thing that I miss the most. It's is it fun to play? Yes. Then why not make it happen again? But then we go back to the discussion of like oh it doesn't just work like that it's not plug and play you need to like recode a bunch of stuff remember still, fun is also very you know subjective and yeah, we can be anecdotal well. in analysis of fun as like but all of my friends that played thought it was fun it's like okay well that's nine people <laughs> <laughs> that's, just like the number is that, is that what players? nexus siege was oh, oh nexus siege uh nexus siege is tied for me as probably one of the worst ideas we had for a game mode, and I'll I'll take full ownership for for that for both Nexus Siege. The other one I will call out is uh, Nemesis Draft. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'll just I'll yeah. just apologize right now. Sorry. <laughs> the thing is, Nemesis, like Nexus... Nemesis Draft was a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> Nexus Siege, though, like it's it's a weird one for me because like I like the base idea, but it just. I don't I know, it just didn't, it just didn't pan just out. Not Hold on, I can't remember. Oh, was it like you got... So, you got... Basically hold out. It, it was, was just basically defend. hold out. It was an attack defend. Yeah. So I think, in my opinion, I think this second version of Doombots was the successful iteration of Nexus Siege. I think Nexus yes. Siege struggled from two, two problems. One for me is it was just too complicated. Like yeah. there was just so much, there was a lot going on inside oh, that, yeah. that game mode. Uh, there was like a whole mini game we did in the jungle where you would like be playing a hot cold mini game to try and find like 
I don't know, you like put the ward outside to build points or something. Like it was just too convoluted. Uh, also, it's just really unintuitive to win by not losing. And I, I know that sounds I know that sounds weird, but in Nexus Siege, you would win by holding out or defending. Yeah. That's just not a very like that's a not an aspirational way to win. Like it doesn't feel like, yeah, we did it and we like blew up the base or like the boss got defeated. Like it's really hard to understand. Whereas the second version of Doombots did a good version of this, because even though you were defending against the Doombots, when we sent giant Teemo down mid, you had a really clear goal. Oh, kill the Teemo, got it. Yeah. And so you would run and kill the Teemo and then you win or lose based on that. But then there like I'm just thinking about that right now. Why like in Warcraft 3, I remember I I remember playing like maps where you actually had to hold a point. Like for example, you had like some sort of like a Lord of the Ring uh, Helm's Deep castle thingy. I mean thingy. that's the last mission of Warcraft basically, isn't it? On like Hygel uh, yeah, I uh, mean, wait, a hydro. Oh, yeah, 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 true, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you have you also to probably hold. mean like an Enfos, like an Enfos uh, map, or like a Winter Mall. I, I remember those so vaguely. But yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, why not make like Nexus Siege? Uh, just like uh, the only point is like just holding the the fort, and you have like waves of champions and minions and things. You have no idea like, what yeah. they're saying. You know what they're saying? You know what they're saying? You are saying Star Guardian, my friend. Uh, but I would, Star I would say you don't have to hold for Star. It sounds Guardian. more like Doombots. On yeah, that. I would just say you're describing yeah. Doombots version yeah. two. Yeah, you're the... actually just describing version two of Doombots. But like with yeah, exactly. But like with this. Why not make that again? Star Guardian. <laughs> that's, Star Guardian. What we, that's what it boils down to. Is like, why not? Why not just do that again? But you know, Star Guardian, you stood there, waves of enemies, hooray! One, one of the other, yeah, sure. one of the other complications in Nexus Siege, like again on the complexity, the hot cold mini game in the jungle. Also, the like the items. Remember, we had these like constructibles. Was kind of yep. the, the point. You like yeah. built little siege cannons, and you built like you know upgrades for your towers and stuff. It was just so much to learn. Like. You know, it kind of went against that rule we had of we want you to bring the knowledge you have from League into these modes and just know how to play. Like Nidalee is just yeah. Nidalee. If you know how to play Nidalee, go have fun playing Nidalee. But you come in and you were like, I could like upgrade my towers with laser beams and, and like put down siege cannon. Like all this stuff was just too complicated. I remember one of the items was a flash zone. You would put down a circle and you had unlimited zero cooldown flashes inside the circle i don't remember that but <laughs> it was pretty it was so busted. long ago at the same time it was like what 10 years ago now i mean maybe not but yeah a lot of those yeah, yeah we are not old. not 10 but <laughs> Close. it was like it was like 2015 6 2016 2015 oh, seven? Yeah, that, yeah that's 80 years oh that hurts I feel old but yeah, you know, you apologized for Nemesis Draft, but you also made the most successful one, I would argue, according to the numbers, which is one for all, because that one is returning all the time, because... So, yeah. the team had already, so I jumped in in 2014, the team had already, like, started with, like, one for all, uh, and they had, like, the first version of Earth when I jumped in, so I wouldn't take credit for making one for all, but we definitely did lots of versions of one for all over the years. I think, oh. uh... We did the mirror match one for all. I actually think that's less successful, in my opinion, than regular one for all. Hmm, yeah. I think uh, the fun of one for all is seeing 
your champion and how it combos off itself against a different champion and yeah, how that champion combos yeah. off itself. Stacking I think if it's Yumi's. yeah, I think if it's the mirror match, it's less interesting because it comes down to itemization, and that's not as fun. How painful okay. was that actually to use normal champions to work with that? Because there had to be a lot of check- oh my god, oh check- my god. <laughs> Oh my god, the mm-hmm. amount of bug fixing and edge cases, because, you know, and this comes back to, like, that upkeep, when champions are made, you know, there was a heap of champions made, no one made it thinking, one day, five years from now, someone's going to need five copies of this to work on top of no, itself. Yeah, in it, like, no one could have possibly known that, so we came in and were like, how do we get five Mordekaisers to work with each other? Oh god. <laughs> oh yeah, and the old ghosts as well, the old Yep. Yep. Oh. Oh, so yeah. there was a like it is a it was a very technically challenging mode and probably like higher tech upkeep mode than many others. At least it was back in the day. I'm not sure like nowadays uh, what it's like. But and it's so interesting that out of all game modes, this is the one that is actually being preserved and it's coming back. That's interesting. I, mean, I think it's. I just think it's fun to like see the combos. Like you. Oh yeah. You do the theory crafting in your head of like, what if we get five zillions and we all like throw a heap of bombs and just like try and permis time? Or I just also... fight Doombots, that sounds like fun as well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see them back. But I believe one of the reasons could be because I believe the champions, the modern champions are actually built with that thought that one day they will be in one for all. Like Viego. If Viego wasn't built with that thought, there is no way Viego could be like fixed later to work in one for all. He had to be Diego built. was built with thought. Wow. Mm. <laughs> uh, think tell me how it? you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that champion and everything he stands for. Oh, oh yeah. hang on. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. I the game. Do you, the Riot Forge hate... game was good. <laughs> okay, that's the. Yeah. Do you hate the champion in the MOBA on the PC, or MOBA. do you hate the? MOBA. Yeah. All right. Okay. Game I'll... good. MOBA. Oh. All right. Cool. Wait, I'll let that go then. We can let that slide. But like, do you hate Diego more than you hate Aphelios? Oh yeah, Aphelios. Skins for Aphelios. Aphelios yeah. isn't bad, he's just... I thought that was the worst it's one getting used. Yeah. It's getting used to his guns. Oh yeah, he's yeah. the worst one to record, but it doesn't mean I hate him. Wow. <laughs> I actually okay. thought you hated him. Oh shit. Oh well, whatever. We do rethink our friendships now. Anyway. Yeah. Boro King! That was a good one. Oh. You know, you know why Poro King was a good one? Because it was reused in Nexus Blitz. Yeah. And it was successful there too. Poro King... Poro King is like... You'll make a thing and never expect that it will, I don't know, maybe go and become some other thing. The idea to me now that you can like get a Poro King plushie in the merch store is crazy. Like, that, <laughs> I, I never would have thought... Like, when we were making that, I never would have thought that... Yeah, like, I think, I think because be like, from, from marketing perspective... It just landed on so well because you know you also released it during Christmas and so like thematically yeah, and the, thematically the gameplay hit. I remember, I remember the first January when I came back from our winter break. So it would have been 2015 January. So we did Poro King at the end of 2014. That was the first time hmm. uh, we oh, wow. knew Poro King. We were onto something uh, when people started yelling "Do it" 
in pit. That was, and um, maybe everyone has had this experience with the snowball when someone lands a snowball on them and yes. you just start whispering, "Do it, do it, do it." I mean, do it. I we do that in Arab nowadays all the time, right? Oh, yeah, and so, yeah. and so, we used to do that back in the day as well. Uh, when we were playing it, we were like, "Okay, I think this is pretty good." Uh, we even did the website for it back in the day. We did these little concept arts of other champions doing the Lee Sin kick. There's like. <laughs> art of Alistar and Timo like hiya doing the little Lee Sin kick it's adorable um, so we got back in January after Christmas and we switched King off eventually and I remember playing Aram that first week with the team and we were like something's missing from yeah. Aram like do you, do you feel like it's missing and we all looked at each other and we're like I think the snowball needs to be in Aram like it, it feels weird without it so I remember that first week uh, it took me like an afternoon or something. I went and hacked the snowball into Aram uh, and just like did a first pass on some numbers uh, and got it working. It worked out good. You know, we did a heap of checks and stuff and we went, we put it into Aram like within a couple of weeks. And then like a month later, Feral Pony comes over to my desk and is like, did you put the snowball in Aram? I was like, yeah. He's like, we might need to nerf it a little bit because... <laughs> Because it was uh, the original one from Poraking, which, if you don't remember, has like triple the range of the one that's in uh, Arrow today. It, it goes like three screens. Uh, and it does like way more true damage than the one uh, in Arrow does. So we did a bit of a pass on it. But I remember. Thanks, Carl Pony. <laughs> hey, hey, he was right. He was right. It probably did need to be three screens. One screen is probably enough. I remember when it was added to Summoner's Rift and it was global. That was fun. I was, was, it for, was it for Earth? Yeah, yeah, I, probably, I, yeah, yeah. I think it was for Earth, actually. Yeah, yeah you're right. Have, yeah, we might have done that for an Earth iteration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the snowball is... The, uh, the snowball, like, I just felt like we needed it in Aram. And I'm, I'm glad to see that it's still there today. What was the difference between Boroking and Snowdown Showdown? Snowdown Showdown was the 1v1 uh, mode. Oh. It didn't it was work, like a, right? Like, it was a flop, it was like I a, think. It was like a sanctioned way to do 1v1s. I think, mm. like, the idea is good, but now I think about I think about it more, I'm like, I can see why it wouldn't have worked as much, because you don't, like... 1v1s isn't really a thing that I feel people queue for. You don't just, like get onto your computer and like, I'm going to play League for tonight. I've got two hours. You don't just play two hours of 1v1s. Well, I think most people don't. <laughs> you might like, you know, be talking to your I would queue for two hours to play Doombots. Right. But I don't think you would queue for two hours to play 1v1s. With your friend at school, Maybe. you might be like, my Jinx is better than your Jinx. All right, 1v1 me. And you go and log on and you play mm. one game to test it. And then you're done. You don't like sit in that queue and play it. Uh, I also think it's mostly for spectating. Like, watching pros or you know uh, influencers and people on streams 1v1 each other is cool that's only two people in the queue though and then like it's however many thousand people watching on twitch so as a queue i don't think it's like worth it personally i think you know if you can get well, most of the not? value from that just why not doing make it, it just anyway a custom now. game mode like you know the the like the custom lobby why not I just we never got a player 
we never got to play it with the magma chamber map as well. I was about to, I was about to ask that, and I was uh, in my head. I had a bit where I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna bring up the big brain question. Did you work on magma chamber? Thank you for ruining it." So I didn't. Uh, magma chamber was already killed when I joined, uh, oh. but my lead, my lead tech designer is actually the person that killed it. <laughs> so oh, he was. We know why, but. Oh, but wait, wait, but we can save it. He's he made most of the Doom bots in the first version. So uh, that, okay. So there we go. That that makes it okay. He's still a good guy. He's still <laughs> a good guy. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know the like exact reasons of why. I was about why. to ask if it was like the same thought for Sonar Showdown, where like you know, one v one has potential, but the potential is kind of small. So yeah, it I mean, be worth I'm, it. I'm not sure it was like 2012, 2013 League of Legends, so I didn't really, I couldn't really have visibility mm. on it. But yeah. visually, Magma Chamber was amazing, but yeah, no but one I, ever got thing. to see it. That I think that's the point. Is like if you ask yourself the question of, do we want to like put resources on like a single map yeah, that is going to be played by like cost. two players and all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah, it, I don't think it's worth it. The opportunity cost of like, you know, say hypothetically, hypothetically, chat, if we like, you know, did Magma Chamber, maybe you wouldn't have gotten Poraking and Doombots. And that might have mm. been the trade. And mm. I look at that, I'm like, that's mm. not worth it. There's yeah. no way that's worth it. Poraking was like a tradition on Christmas for like four, five years in a row. Doombots was able to come back. Like, I think they were much more value than a 1v1 map. At least in my opinion. I mean, we saw the 1v1 map because they did at the eSports. Uh, yeah, All we Stars. got it working. We got it working for, I mean, that's still us, like our, our Gamos team. We got it working for the All-Stars for eSports. And that's why we were considering like, oh, maybe we'll turn this into like a permanent. I think I actually made the mistake of saying that of like, we're considering, <laughs> you know, maybe making that. And I used the word consider thinking like, That'll, that's safe. I've used the word consider. People definitely <laughs> understand that I am not promising anything. And then obviously that became like a... So it's your fault then. <laughs> I'm a promise of... I mean, ultimately, yeah, I should have... I should have like... I understand, Bane. Recently, recently, I made a video talking about the age of champions. And I said, set oh. may be 14. All right? I said, set might be 14. You know what people uh, took it as? Necrit, are, are you saying set is 14? Why would you say that, Necrit? Why are you saying set is 14? You should go to the league lore subreddit. You should go to the subreddit and see the replies. People I are heard you said roasting that. me so hard for that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I understand the pain of people not understanding your words. It's now illegal to draw set fan art. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just can't believe it. Anyway. Um, okay, so since we are... Yeah, I think it's getting also late. Maybe you have like a couple... Because like we pretty much talked about every single game mode that yeah, you... There's also Earth, on. but yeah, we kind of talked about Yeah, Earth. Earth is like, yeah, I it's mean, just standard the, stuff. The one thing I'll touch for Earth, uh, I really enjoyed the uh, 2014 version that we did, which was the nerf version, new Ultra Rapid Fire. <laughs> Oh yeah. Was that where someone slept bacon you, on the servers? Yeah. So I don't know if you guys remember, but I uh, do. We, you had the three-man team for jungle. <laughs> yeah, we were like, we were chatting about okay, how can we one-up Earth? And we're like, okay, well we can just go completely <laughs> over the we can just go completely over the top. Uh, but 
obviously, you know, players were asking for Earthlight, but my Twitter today still, people will just be like, Earth where? Question mark. Like, it's going to follow me for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so we were like, okay, what if we do, like, a bait switch? So we troll that it it's not coming back. And then we're like, okay, okay, we'll bring it back, but we make it intentionally terrible. <laughs> and then when it uh, and then when it does come out, you know, it'll be cool and it'll all be good. So I remember we called it a uh, new ultra rapid fire because yeah. we're like, okay, we listen to you, we listen to you guys. You really, really want Earth to come back, so we've done it. We brought back a new ultra rapid fire, and the the acronym for it spells out Nerf. And the mode was just like super slowed down League of Legends, which was. <laughs> I think the which, biggest problem. If, yeah, go ahead. I was to say, if you saw the Peace Pigeon video that he did for it, it's like plus 200% cooldown in- increment and like plus 150% slower walking. It was all like phrased like it was meant to be positive, but when you watched it, it's all just like terrible. And the videos were like really slow walking champions. I remember, but like, and their auto attacks yeah. took forever and they could they didn't have any mana. But this was so funny. I remember vividly the stream where you had the pros. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and Freak was commentating it yeah, and yeah. then came the twist. I think it was odd one. And we had who uh, slapped bacon on the servers and like made it, you know. We had a video of like Ramus getting overtaken by minions in lane. Like Ramon in yeah, his power yeah, ball, and, and the minions just walk past him. So, what <laughs> players might not realize is we actually had to make that to film all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so for our team, while we were making actual Earth, we made that mode as well. And for filming purposes, we had to play basically two games of it. I guarantee you, it is the worst thing you will ever play in your life. <laughs> it was <laughs> terrible. And people were like, oh, you totally should have released that. It would have been cool. Like, you have no idea what you're saying. It was terrible. You don't want to play that at all. <laughs> we we didn't even want to do it a second time for filming. We were like, yo, this is actually terrible. Do we really... <laughs> do, we get, do we get enough footage? Do we not have enough footage? God, okay, damn, we have to play it again for more footage. All right, guys, back in the queue. Let's go again. It was... We even did, like, a leaked... Uh, like... Uh, so I worked with Mubi. Uh... Because Mubi like knew about the the bait switch, worked with Mubi to do uh, like a leaked photo of the mode as well, which showed the same information as Peace Pigeon's video. So we did a lot of work to like try and play up the uh, the like terrible version of it. And then obviously when April first came around, it was revealed like, don't worry, it's fine. It's actually even better than before. Um, Okay, hold on. You actually the... you actually touched on something that I quickly wanted to mention. Uh, and you know, you as an employee of Riot Games, I think people will hear your words. When it comes to leaks, I think it's safe to say that no rider ever purposefully leaks anything just to get hype from it, right? Yeah. I mean, I'll go I'll go further. I've been making video games for like a while, uh, like over 15 years. Uh I don't think there is any game developer anywhere out there that intentionally leaks or likes leaks. Leaks are almost like holistically a bad thing for any game. Like the idea that like, well, leaks generate extra hype and oh, well, you know, it's the people that are really invested just find out early, you know, ultimately interest. (laughs) Yeah, that really that that is not the reality of when leaks happen. And ultimately, they will almost always just cause more damage than is worth. Um, you know, leaks are often inaccurate. They are, you know, not accurately representing stuff. But they 
that you could completely ruin like you know we could have like and when i say we right i mean we as game developers lots of games will plan these amazing parties and like three-piece mystery for you to figure out the thing and a leak might just completely ruin you know the yeah. work of 50 people for the last six months um, and then yeah oh, yeah so incorrect when, information when... <laughs> incorrect information is another rough one because leaks will say things and then players will be like oh so they promised xyz like well actually no no one ever did because it was a whole dancer board is not real what no <laughs> but yeah i i won't even that's not even like a riot thing i won't even speak on behalf of like writers i'll just say game devs in general i don't think i've ever met a game dev that thought leaks were a good idea or liked leaks leaks are just almost like categorically yeah. a terrible thing and our hearts just sink when we see them because i feel i feel bad for my dev friends when i see their things leak i'm like oh I know you must have been working on that for ages and it's leaked now and now they have to like figure out what to do maybe they have to change their plan if the leak has incorrect information now they have to go on like a media campaign trying to say no we're not doing that it's <laughs> i just Man. my heart goes out to any dev friends that have to deal with leak stuff so yeah just... so when, when when spirit blossom leaked uh it was not on purpose <laughs> it was a fluke yeah yeah when anything the last two years leaked, it hasn't been on purpose. I'm oh, yeah. still surprised nothing from Arcane leaked. That was insane. That like That's Arcane was kept MVP secret team so at this well. Point. The Arcane team, like the the not Arcane I mean, team, the but same... the people managing that. Not Odyssey really. actually, Odyssey was also Odyssey didn't even have PTR, and like uh, personally, <laughs> I myself. I don't the like when stuff is on PDR. I understand why it is there. Or PBE, sorry, I, I use PDR, PBE. You know. It was tested uh, by players, though. I, no, yeah, but like, I, I played Odyssey before it came out. I got you invited played it to... With Ross. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's the, but yeah, that's yeah I played with Ross and ca uh, Candy. Yeah. But, but, you know, still, I actually, I'm a fan of stuff not being on PBE. Uh, Odyssey, because Odyssey came out without testing and it was a surprise yeah. to everyone. It's because when you see a creator or someone play on PBE and you kind of like, ah, you know, this is what the game is about. You don't really have then like want to play it that yeah. much. You kind of get over the hype of like by watching streams and stuff. I don't know. I just like when stuff is surprised. <laughs> I think there's, I think there's pros and cons. I remember back when Mort was doing that for Odyssey and I like the pain, like it was very difficult because, you know, we'd never done that before. So there was a lot of like moving parts and they did like a really good job, like you said, to actually get it to, to work. Um, we did it recently as well for, you know, Forge as well, right? We announced that we would do like, we're going to do a Nintendo Direct. And then surprise, there's all just like two whole uh, yeah, video games <laughs> at the same time. Like, I, I agree. It's like, you know, do you really want to hear me talk about like, oh, it's coming soon. It's coming soon. Just hang in there. It's coming soon. Like, <laughs> and I'm just going to have to say the same thing over and over. Or the next time you hear from people, it's like, here it is. You're like, what, what yeah, do you like mean? Here it is. I mean, like, like, no, it's like right here. It's done. It's right here. And you can play it and it's cool because you can just take the time to actually make it the best version of itself and rather than like feel like we have to keep stringing players along. So mm -hmm. we'll just be quiet and when it's done, it's done. Yeah. I agree with that statement. It's just that it was really surprising, for example, that uh, the Ziggs game literally came out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. I, oh, yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah. any information about that. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, we made a, a, a zigzag a, a yeah. bit. Working uh, as designed. 
It was <laughs> two. It was like, what, like two tweets prior, being yeah. like, "Hey, would you make a yeah. game for us?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've been, like, oh, we yeah, talked sure. about it with the guys for like months. We were like, "Hey, we could do like a, a Twitter thread back and forth." And like, do you, do you guys like want to make a game for us? Like, yeah, sure. And then just bam. <laughs> just slapping <laughs> yeah. That was insane and so cool as well. I mean, the stuff we do on Forge, like, you know, we're pretty indie. We're working with indie teams and, and friends as well. So it's a bit of a different vibe and a different tone to, like, the more official Riot channels, I think. Mm. We can just be a little more loose and, and, like, just have fun doing indie stuff. It feels like the, I think, like, the, the Fall Guys VR uh, team kind of, like, started this trend of, like, companies being, like, you know, kind of, like, funny on social media, stuff like that. I feel like that's exactly what Riot Forge is doing, where... I think, I think it's been going for a bit longer than that, yeah. but I will say that, uh, like, Among Us uh, and Four Guys, like, I think they do an excellent job of it. Like, right. there'd be some best in class, but there's definitely been a trend for a while now of, like, publishers or companies that are able to just speak freely with players. It also doesn't Riot... work for everyone. You have to... And, like, you know, with Riot Forge, you kind of... Even though you are not indie, you still are indie, and so like it fits the persona of Riot Forge. Yeah. So it, you know, it, it's not for every company, definitely. I think Riot's been pretty like trailblazing there for a while as well. Like I remember, oh, yeah. I can't remember a company where like so many people would just go and be able to talk on. on. Remember, we used to have the forum, like the boards back in the day. Oh yeah, and even <laughs> even now we still have like you know Twitter and like. The amount of access that the average player has to the developers of you know all the stuff Riot does, I think is pretty cool. Like the idea that you could be playing your favorite game and just tweet someone a question about why is the fireball blue, and they might actually respond and tell you why the fireball is blue. That's pretty cool. It's risky sometimes; it can be trouble. But sure, yeah. I mean, there's it, you know. <laughs> there's going to be pros and cons to anything but i think that the the benefits outweigh the risks because yeah, it, we can just like chat with you guys and you know even now we're doing a podcast today it's and we can talk about like cool trivia and stuff from years ago like it's i think it's just more fun it's pretty cool yeah i i gotta admit like having you and like on the podcast and just talk about like doom bots probably the best thing of my of the past couple of years um i'm getting a strong feeling that you really want doing bots to come. <laughs> i want pve so so i'm trying to think like other doom bots trivia so the teemo boss was made by the same designer that made darkstar he, he designed that he designed that teemo just the teemo bit the rest of the mode was done by other designers but he, he is did he the, still uh, at ride by the way uh he's not but uh-huh. he's actually i don't think he's doing games anymore but uh, uh-huh. yeah they they uh, aren't at writing and uh the difficulty mode we did where you would like do one to a hundred uh what we should have done is not cap it at a hundred because mm-hmm. everyone immediately was just like let's just do level 100 or whatever um and so they would uh, just type in 100. We should have done it uncapped and turned it into a high score. So everyone would have been like, what's the highest number you could do? Because it's just mathematical, right? Like we could just take the number and scale based on the, the curve for all of yeah. the stats. So we should have just left it open and seen what was possible. And someone would have been like, I did 235, but I couldn't do 237 or something. Uh, yeah. So if I did it again, I would uncap that. I'm also disappointed... Uh, 
when we put it on PBE, uh, Timo only had uh, 45,000 health. And a lot of people, you know, content creators will beat the mode at level 100 on PBE and we're like, I did it, I beat the mode. I'm like, well, no, you beat it on a, on PBE, which <laughs> isn't the real mode. This is getting into leak territory again. Because when we actually released the mode, we doubled his health to 90. And so when the mode came out, everyone's like, holy crap, level 100 is so hard. We can't beat Timo. And all these content creators were like, what are you talking about? It's easy. I already did it. And I was like, yeah, you beat him with the easy mode version. Yeah. But they, no one goes and updates their video again afterwards, right? Like they've done the video at that point. <laughs> so like I would watch whenever you watch those old like round two Doombots videos, watch for how much health Timo has. And if he's only got 45k, that's not the real level 100. The real one, he had 90k. Uh, I have a question. I think we also have like three minutes, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, we can we can go a little bit. What was your favorite game mode to make uh, and to play? If it is a different one, it is definitely different. Uh, I would say Doombots is my favorite mode to make as a as a developer <laughs> because it's. It was a lot of fun to just like think of all of the broken versions of those champion kids Morgana. and then to like yeah and then to go and script to script them and code them and put them in and I test hate them it, like yeah. it was a lot of fun to like go and design and think up and make all those doom bots there were some doom bots which never made it in as well uh i remember i had a malphite bot which we ended up cutting i cut my own bot because it it wasn't where it wasn't good enough the gimmick was uh he would alt to change lanes globally <laughs> so you would no 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 but it, but it was hilarious you would he would be in bot and the AI would understand it's gonna help another lane and usually to do that it put, it uses the teleport scroll or it would like go home and walk this Malphite would just be like oh top lane needs help peace and then just alt top <laughs> from bot so <laughs> and, you'd, and you'd be in mid lane fighting, and this Malphite would just go past from bottom right to top left. Just shoot, go past you lane. You'd be like, oh shit, he's go. You'd be digging top. But the hilarious part was, it didn't count as ulti, it counted as a teleport. So when he arrived, he had his ult ready. So he would ult, he would show <laughs> oh, no. up with an ult, and then ult you immediately, straight after he showed up. So you would just be chilling in top lane, doing your best against Doom Morgana, and Malphite would show up and go bam, bam. And just halt you like <laughs> twice out of nowhere. So that that wasn't actually even the reason we cut him. Oh, the reason we cut him is the other problem was he would use it to just run away from situations he didn't like. <laughs> so you, you'd be chasing Doom Malphite in the jungle, and you'd, ju you'd just kill him, and Malphite's like, nah, see ya, bye, and just ults to fountain. <laughs> And so he would just ult to Fountain and you can't stop him. That sounds amazing. So, so no one could kill him and you'd be chilling in your lane <laughs> and a Malphite would just show up from nowhere, ult your lane and then ult you straight away afterwards. And we were like, yeah, this is pretty, this is lame. We need to get cool. rid of this. <laughs> this, this, Doom, this Doombot is a terrible idea. So um, oh, Doombots was definitely the most fun to make, to play. I would probably say Ascension. Mm. Ascension is the purest form of team deathmatch I've yeah. been able to find in a MOBA. It's 5v5. It's a it's a stock system, like a ticket or a stock system. Uh it's even across gold. You just brawl. It's got very little downtime. Uh 
I think Ascension was like that that perfect like I don't know like mix of how long a game took it was only like 18 to 20 minutes for a game uh, I feel like I practiced a lot of champions in Ascension like I think I probably had the most fun playing Ascension alright I think I I think I I have a really cool final question which would be your position right now at Riot Forge is more of a management kind of position right i guess it's the difference between me like a, a you know design lead or a creative director for something it's partly it's management it's also partly like vision setting and, and like holding you know craft bar there's a lot that goes into you know like a game director or a creative director as opposed to just you know being a lead designer so do you do you miss your old days of actually like like cracking open a code and like you know yeah, actually fidgeting with a game yeah, I think every manager says this. There's some point where you realize you did a thing and you didn't actually write a single line of script for it. And it's a really weird feeling where you, somewhere you cross that threshold of like, oh, I, I didn't actually like put a line into this anymore. Hmm. Um, but at some point you realize like the way you can contribute the most is not actually doing that anymore. It's like helping everyone else achieve the same vision or help everyone see like the same thing and make sure we're all going in the same direction is more valuable than you like trying to solo just do one little part of the the mode or like one little part of the game inside the machine and but, do you think do you think like most quote-unquote higher-ups at riot like started in like techn technical stuff when it comes to games I mean, I, d I can't speak about every discipline, but in terms of like game designers, I think almost every game designer at some point has been doing script or code. Like that's the bread part of the bread and butter of being a game designer. It's being able to like not just come up with the ideas, but execute and realize your idea in code and prototype and iterate and collect feedback and all that sort of stuff. But definitely for like all of our design leadership or like our game directors or creative directors like myself, everyone at some point was doing that in their career. Uh, for sure otherwise they they didn't end up at the, the spot they're in so yeah i think i think i haven't met a like a creative director or design director who's floated to that level that doesn't miss back when they were able to you know more directly work on the games well and now chibin uh you can close this off <laughs> Just hit the button, like, just like, hey, we're done. <laughs> just, just smash it. Oh, no, that was actually really fun. Um, like, a really fun talk. I wish we had a little bit more time, but, yeah. Uh, stuff right. needs to I'll, be done. You can invite me back, and I'll give you hot takes on stories. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, we did, because we didn't talk about lore or IP at all. Yeah, today. we, yeah, definitely. Ooh, that's when when I say, when I say lore, I don't mean the card game lore, I mean, like, story <laughs> lore. True. Like, I mean, you know, for the stuff we do on Forge, uh, I have... Oh, I'm going to write that down for the future, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll happily come back and give you hot take, or I'll, I'll rate your guys' hot takes on lore. Stuff. And if I go oh, you want to talk about Elden Ring so hard as well. Though. Oh yeah, we can talk about Elden Ring. I'd do an Elden Ring thing. We could talk about Elden Ring. I'm like a hundred hours deep on Elden Ring. Let's go. I think oh, that sounds fun. I can actually. We, I think I'll, we could do a lore hot takes as a another video. <laughs> There'll be plenty of time, Chibin. We can. Is Rani the best girl or not? Yes. <laughs> I knew you would say that. <laughs>
he's actually not not now no spoilers obviously because uh, Rowan has not finished Elden Ring or you know no spoilers for any viewers yeah, for anyone listeners. uh yeah Rani is actually the best side character that ever appeared in a Souls game yes he's it, insane it, except she's not because Iron Fist Alexander is the real protagonist of Elden Ring no you, which we we are actually just NPCs, and that massive pot, the, the talking pot dude, is really the main character, and we are just basking in his glorious presence as the yes, game continues. It's, it's humans, though. Yeah, but they're already dead, so I mean, is it really that bad? <laughs> yeah, they're already dead. He's like, he's like, look at all of these corpses lying around. I can get great energy from these. I'm like, I'm just gonna look the other way right now, and I'll see you later, man. <laughs> See you later in the next zone. Bye. <laughs> oh man. Alright, it's time to close this right. up then. I wrote the Lord Elden Ring thing. Maybe later on. <laughs> <laughs> GG, that was know. fun. We could do All that right. again. Bye bye everyone. So, goodbye everyone. Oh, also you can follow uh, Rowan on like at Riot Latency. Latency with a four and a three as instead of like it's just, just type Rowan latency somewhere on Google. You're gonna find his Twitter. Yeah, description. Or you can just type well. Rowan Riot Forge. It'll come up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find him on Twitter. And uh, yeah. Also, before I forget, I know we've been talking about older modes all day, but I want to shout out Riot Rainboom and the team that are still experimenting with stuff over on League. Uh, most recently, I think they did Ultimate Spellbook, but you know, also in the past they tried things like Nexus Blitz. So you know, she's still over there leading the charge. Alright, bye bye. Goodbye. Farewell. Till the next one. Cheers.